Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Miss Debbie. We are here for episode 69, and we have not, it's been a minute since we've been together to do a podcast. it really, really has. Yeah, it's been a very long minute. It's been so busy. I know, I I know. Especially for me, but you too, but especially for me, it's been a whirl. Yeah. And you've been a part of that world. I have. Yes, I know. Have. I probably overdid it a little bit, but that's okay too, because it made me feel... Um, it made me feel human, you know. Well, you were very helpful. Thank you. And your food was delicious. So we... So we, you opened up your new location. We opened up a second location for our music school mm-hmm. in a little different part of our town here. And um, the leading up to that was just incredibly busy trying to get the rooms all decorated and all the painting and all the different little things done, which is still not. Because they have lovely themes. Mm -hmm. Every room has a little different theme. Oh, Debbie, it's so darling. Thank you. Thank you. It it is a reflection of my personality for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, tried to incorporate, you know, different elements of different rock stars and different eras and different genres of music and yeah, the um, Freddie Mercury room the and, Dolly and the Dolly Parton room and the uh, Beatles room yes yeah so yeah. It's a lot of fun so I'm glad that the opening's done the Chamber of Commerces came and it was a big hoo-ha and um and then I kind of crashed. Ribbons were cut. Ribbons were cut yes but uh, hummus was eaten yes, and it was all yeah. good and your food was a hit Oh, so Miss Liz made all of the beautiful food for both days of our grand opening, and it was just really, really nice. It was so much fun, and it was. You um, should be. You'll be getting something from me. In the <laughs> it was about a week after I had double foot surgery. Yeah. And had multiple bunions removed. It's, it's so delightful. And how are your feet doing? Um, my right one feels great. Okay. Um, actually, um, so much so that I'm a little concerned about putting too much weight on it because, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to. You know, one of the one of the things that they have kind of discovered over the course of perfecting this bunion surgery. Yeah. It used to be done one foot at a time, mm-hmm. and it was very, very, very invasive, and you had to keep it wrapped for two weeks and off of it for three or four. I mean, it was very, mm-hmm. you know, it was very yeah. invasive and tenuous kind of surgery. Yeah. yeah, But one thing that they discovered is that um, a lot of people ended up with hip problems and or back problems because of the... Um, all the pressure that was put on just one side, oh. you know. So, so people who have this this double foot surgery mm-hmm. both at once, even though it's a little bit difficult to walk, obviously, but it's less invasive, so you can stand as early as forty eight hours afterwards, okay. and you can walk within a couple of days with surgical shoes sure, on. Sure, sure. But they're finding that people who have it done this way are having less back problems and fewer hip problems. That at makes. Least, I mean, that makes sense that makes because sense. if you're going to favor a side for a whole month or longer, yeah, 
then that I can see how that could throw you out of whack. Yeah. And I think a lot of people even do it longer because you kind of get used to it then. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of get used to favoring that one side. Sure. And so you have to kind of train yourself to go back to walking normally. So I don't know if that's if that's 100% accurate, but well, it maybe, is in the paperwork that I read. So. Maybe your left foot hurts more because you had a toothpick taken out of it. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the toothpick was removed I after mean, two years. You know what's so funny is that... Two years? You know what's so funny is that the very first time I saw the doctor um, regarding this surgery, the podiatrist, I told him about the toothpick. He laughed and said, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then and he said, yeah, I'll, I'll take it out if I can get to it kind of thing, Right. And then I had another pre-op, and mm -hmm. I said, okay, so this toothpick, you know, it'd be great if that could come out as well. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's oh, no problem. And then the morning of, as I'm in the hospital, he draws a little arrow to the toothpick to remind him, yeah, let's, let's get that out. So he told me afterwards that where he made an incision was right next to the toothpick, so he was able to kind of slide it with his thumb over to the incision and just pulled it out. And the nurse said, that's not a toothpick, that's a skewer. Because <laughs> it, it was a large chunk of the toothpick. Yeah, it well, wasn't just a little tip. You could see that it was about, <coughs> excuse me, like... Like an inch long, yeah. yeah, at the top of my foot, sitting at the top of my foot. So, anyway. And then I got a phone call a couple of days later and said, you know, your insurance requires that that foreign object removal needed to be pre-authorized. Oh and God. so because it's not, it wasn't pre-authorized, the normal fee is $250 to remove an item from a foot. Um, but uh, because you didn't know that, if you could pay $50, that would be great. And I'm thinking, this is a $10,000 surgery. And they're wanting 50 more bucks. And they want 50 more bucks. That's not going through the insurance. Okay, that's just... But, but the other thing, too, that's is that <laughs> for two months prior, the doctor knew that that was there. Why didn't he get preauthorization? <laughs> he got preauthorization for all the other yeah. stuff. Um, anyway, it just made me laugh. So when, when I said you, yes, you can have the fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, when do you anticipate you'll be able to wear normal shoes? Right. Well, on Saturday night, this past Saturday night, I sat in my closet <laughs> because I had to go MC at the theater, and I had already I had already canceled my the MC gig the week before yeah, right. um, because I was still in stitches because the surgery had been postponed so stitches, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I had to go MC, which is awesome. And I'm like, okay. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I'll just wear my um, my 1970s, you know, leather sandals, my Jesus sandals. Yeah. That's what I'll wear. Yeah. You know, because those will fit because they're nice and wide and, yeah. you know. I could not get them on because my feet were still swollen. Oh, no, Liz. Yeah. So though, and I thought, well, if I can't get those on, then what's next? And I can't, I don't want to wear my surgical shoes. Or your, ten or your tennis shoes. Or well, or tennis shoes, right? Which I didn't even try the tennis shoes because I'm not going to wear exercise shoes onto the stage. So I sat on my floor and tried on about eight pairs of shoes. Did you know, you all one? the biggest, ugliest <laughs> shoes that I had. Yeah. Because over the years, I've collected a lot of big, ugly shoes in order to accommodate the bunions. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I finally found one pair of, I mean, luckily they're cute little boots that have a zipper up the side and stuff, and they were the little ankle boots. Okay. And so they were adorable, and I, I looked I looked adorable. Did you, did you <laughs> hobble onto the stage, I or did you just... just I just walked like I was, like a lot of women do on the red carpet. They uh, walk like it doesn't hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Very <laughs> and good. that's how I walked. And it was awesome to be. But then I went home and I took them off and I put ice on. And I yeah. just, so it's been an adventure. It's been well, an I, adventure. We, we talked about this before. We have another friend who had the same surgery. Uh-huh. And I do remember after she had hers, and she was, like, up and about. But it's right. taken you a little bit longer to heal. She was up and about, and mm-hmm. now it's been, I think, two years for her or something like that. And she hikes, and mm-hmm. it's very, very, very inspirational and to, I could, to look at her. I remember seeing her before feet and after feet. Yeah. I don't know that I saw your before feet. Well, and now even when I look at one of my feet, I'm like, does it really look better than it did before? Uh-huh. And Tom's like, oh, yeah, it looks much better. But, you know, it's it's... It's hard for me to, I should have taken before pictures. Yeah, yeah. Um, But she, I saw her last week, and she said, how long has it been now? And I said, um, three weeks. weeks." And she said, oh, why why are you still in those shoes? I was wearing regular shoes by two weeks. I don't understand. And yeah, and then you're you're like, well, what's wrong with me? And then I went home and cried. And then I went home and cried because I'm like, why can't I have quick healing like, you know, everybody else? Right. But the truth of the matter is, is like I said, the left foot, they actually did a whole lot more. There's several screws and several pins and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's not like it was. There's screws? Uh Uh-huh. There's one, two, three, I think five screws and two pins, three pins. Why are there screws in your feet? Because you got to keep my bones where they put them. (laughs) So in other words, now will they, will those screws be in there forever? Yeah. Wow. But I can, he said, everybody asks if you can fly and not get, you know, yeah, and, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. And, and he said, they don't set off any alarms. So, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, it made me go home and cry because I just thought, why, why can't I heal quickly? You know, and then I just have to remind myself that it's actually everybody's body is different. Everybody's yep. and every one of these surgeries is different. Yep. Yep. This one is was a little bit more intense, and the doctor even said, "I'm doing more on the left foot than I, well, that, you know." Then that then that's your answer. Then that's my answer. But it was hard. Yeah. It was hard because I do tend to get into this "why me" kind of mm-hmm. you know state, um, like you know. A lot of people have hard teenagers. Why did I have to have one that ran away from home and was missing for two and a half weeks? Right. You know, right. why did I have to go through that? Why couldn't I just have normal hard teenagers? Right. And so I get, I, I get to the point where I kind of, you know, everybody has struggles with their in-laws. Why do I have to be so challenged you, yeah, with my in-laws? You do have a lot of in-law problems. Yeah, issues that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I do know others that struggle with their in-laws, so yeah. you're not alone, right. but but right. but there are a lot of us that really don't. Right. And so it does feel like, a, it feels like, gosh, all the hard stuff um, that or the, all the normal stuff that yeah. people go through, like everybody goes through car problems. As we've talked about but on you, here, we paid $4,250 for an engine to be rebuilt. And in between the time we had our last mm-hmm. podcast to mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. that car died. And that engine, there's m- chunks of metal in the oil filter. So has it been resolved? Oh, no. So now the next step is that it's sitting in a mechanic's 
um, because he was going to replace the oil pump because we thought, oh, well, the engine's fine, but the oil pump has failed. Well, the oil pump failed because there's chunks of metal in the oil pump. And that's from the... And that's from the engine, the from engine. the rebuilt engine. That's not... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yikes. You know, yikes, so... Yikes, yikes, Yes. Oh, most people have car problems, but our car problems are just... Why do we have to have the hard stuff? You know, yeah. and so yes, there's a warranty, and yes, the Automotive Repair Bureau police are on it. Okay. And so, you so know, it, fingers so crossed. Fingers crossed, it'll get resolved. But it's still that your son doesn't have his car. That's right. That's right. There's and he's trying to be a grown up about it. That's right. You're all trying. And to he's be... missing out on work because he doesn't have a vehicle, and the important work he takes one of our vehicles to go do, um, which is fine, um, and and that's not. You know, that's not an issue. He can take yeah. one of our vehicles, but he has a vehicle that would be fine. That would be, it's that worked for be, it's 10 days. It's supposed to be fine. Right. It's supposed to be fine. It's supposed to be fine. Right. And so I do spiral, you know, when I think about all the normal stuff. You know, normal people leave churches or even get asked to leave, get asked to leave churches. Me, I get kicked out of two churches because I have a child that's too hard, quote unquote, and then I'm accused of putting a hit out on somebody when I try to return to one of those churches. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. And that's extreme. Yeah. And so those kinds of things are just like, why do I have to experience these extreme quirks of humanity? Mm -hmm. You know? Well, what is the purpose of yeah, that? Yeah, and I mean... I <laughs> To vent on this podcast. What, what are my lessons that I'm supposed to learn? Right. And hmm. and could oh. it be that I'm not learning them and that's why this shit keeps happening? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, okay, God. Well, I, I do believe that there are seasons of, of I'll say, bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, yours has seemed maybe a little unusually long. I know that last year for me was a really shitty, awful, bad year. Yeah. You know? Um, lots and lots of really yucky things went on last year. Um, so, and I felt like I was in a season and I felt like bad stuff kept happening, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, it hasn't felt quite so much that way this year, you know, I mean, yeah. there's been some good things this year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's a, if it's seasons, you know, some people might say, well, the things that you put your attention on or the things that we attract, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I think I used to believe it more. Mm -hmm. And then I just really made a concerted effort to just really focus on the good and the positive yeah. and all that. Yeah. And still <laughs> shitty things kept coming our way. So it made me it made me skeptical of that. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say it's not well, true. I mean, and I think, aren't there scriptures that talk about, you know, bad things happen to... It, it I mean it rains on everybody. Yeah, it yeah, rains yeah. on the good people and the evil yeah. people. And there's no, I think I've come to a place where there's no rhyme or reason, of of you know good things that happen to bad people and bad things that happen to good people. And right. I think it's all kind of just random. I don't know that God. No, it's random. I, you know, and the I prosperity gospel of the uh, that that are preached in many churches many, many is churches. completely bogus is yeah. completely bunk yeah you know it's 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 a way for pastors to get rich yeah. and for little old ladies to lose their money i mean Put it's your not... hand on the television screen with mine <laughs> <laughs> and the power of god 
just for you. That's right. That's right. Now, I do want to say that Sorry, some God. beautiful things have, you know, I do want to focus on the amazing family trip that that we took back in October that celebrated my husband's 60th birthday, the amazing, amazing family trip that we took in February that celebrated my 60th birthday. These have been some, and then, of course, at the in, the, in August of 2020, when the pandemic was kind of shut everything down, you know, and everybody was, everything was up in the air about what was happening. My beautiful daughter got married. Mm-hmm. So there has been some really good, really positive things. Yeah. Um, and, and I celebrate those. Yeah. Well, and, and, and maybe life really is just a kind of a, a mix of good and bad. I mean, I think... You know, I can be, I can feel grateful about something and pissed off about something all in the same moment, (laughs) you know? And so I just think that maybe that's just our human state is there's good things and bad things. And we just have to learn to kind of keep that balance of good and bad. I think for me, when I'm, when I'm rested, I don't feel like there's as much bad. (laughs) You know what? Ain't that the truth? Mm -hmm. That is the truth. You know, and it's hard for me these days to get good, solid rest. Yeah. So then when I'm tired, then everything just seems more bad. (laughs) Even good things. Well, we don't have the energy to deal with just normal, you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we have celebrated the opening of this new store that looks so beautiful. Yes, we have. So what? I mean, how's it going? Well, it's so... You know, we don't really have, it's going to start to happen. I think the issue now is, okay, so now we've got this beautiful, beautiful space. So now how do we fill it up? We need teachers and we need students. We are getting phone calls. It's, it's a catch 22 because you want to hire a teacher, but there's no students yet. You want to sign up students, but there's no teachers yet. Mm. So it's like you're in this kind of weird middle place of, telling a teacher or a prospective teacher, hey, we know that down the road we're going to have students for you, mm-hmm. but it's going, to t- it's going to be a process of time to build up, you know, your stable of students. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the limbo we're in right now. Of, of We've got some teachers that, that we're really excited about, some friends of mine and some new folks that I just am meeting. Yeah. Um, and... Um, the, the two days of our opening, we had uh, like 10 families come in and want to sign up. Right. Yesterday I called, um, and there were two young moms with their kids in there wanting to sign up. So it's going to happen. I think it's going to maybe be a year before we really see that place kind of bustling yeah. like this one is. Remind you know? me remind me when we're when we're done recording, remind me to give you a name of somebody. I don't want to say it on the podcast, okay. but remind okay. me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it, it, it's um one thing that I noticed at the new store when we were over there, you know, it's a different part of town. Mm-hmm. Um but there were so many grandparents. There were that a lot came of grandparents in and wanted to sign up their grandchildren. I know. And the other thing that sticks out in my mind and I have this written in my notes is that there were people who wanted art lessons. Yes. I don't have a place to do that. Yes. At that location, I don't think. 
Yeah. So I'm going to have to get creative about that. So that's been a thing that's been spinning around. Well, I do think that, well, I mean, you know, just just spitballing. I do think that the music fun time room is, can be, I I do think that it can be big enough for an art class. Absolutely. The music fun time room, I want to say is like maybe 10 by 12 or something, or maybe a little bit bigger than that. But there's not a lot of stuff in there except for a table and a table. So we could get maybe five or six kids around a table doing some. And, and you can have some little tiny, um, uh, you know, easels. easels, just some small easels and some small, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's uh, uh, canvases or paper right. or whatever. Right. Uh, there's all kinds of options. I, I think you could make that work in that fun time room yeah. to start with. Yeah, that's kind of what we're thinking. You know. So, But uh, I need a teacher. Yeah. Again, I, I, I have a name. Is it Liz? <laughs> I could probably teach an art class for sure. You probably could. Just a beginning art class. Yes, yeah. A you beginning could art class for, for I could kids. teach for sure. But yeah. I have a name for you as well for okay. that. Okay. All right. So yeah, I think that I think that, you know, you have you have a lot of connections in this town. And I think that if you just, as you express, I think one of the thing, one of the reasons that really good things have come to you is because you are able to put it out there. You know, this is something I need or something I want. And you've got so many connections that people are like, hey, Debbie needs this. Debbie needs that. You know, and it's I like. I need a filing cabinet. There you go. A filing cabinet. <laughs> And, you know, what's really sad is that, like, a month ago, we had a city cleanup, and we got rid of a full, tall filing cabinet that I think had a lock on it as well. Well, there were people in choir that said, when I said, I need some filing cabinets, and they raised their hand, and then... You haven't... uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing down that Liz has leads. (laughs) So that we don't forget. So that I don't forget. (laughs) But I do think that that is a real gift of being, you know, sometimes when you look at how something is unfolding, Mm -hmm. you can look back and say, oh, my gosh, this foundation was laid, laid. you know, years ago. Yeah, that's true. (coughs) Excuse me. Who would have guessed that I would have needed a file cabinet only to know somebody who ended up buying a whole bunch of things when Home Depot or Home yeah, or, yeah. Or Office Depot, you yeah, know, went, went, went out, out of business yeah, or whatever. Or moved or whatever I mean, they did. who knows? So, yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, like, for instance, this healing with my feet. I have been exercising and getting myself in shape for the last few years. And, I mean, I have really been focused yeah. on being in good physical shape. Yeah. Well, who knew that I would need my upper body, you know, and the uh-huh. strength as much as I have over the last few weeks because... And, and I do want to say that Liz did show me her feet like, <laughs> like a week after, after the surgery. And they were very colorful people. <laughs> they were... They were... Every purples and yellows and greens and just this beautiful rainbow of healing colors. (laughs) Jesus loves the little bruises of the world. Uh, Yes, there are so many. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I, I do. It's inspiring to watch you 
and to watch how things unfold for you. It's kind of inspiring. And I know behind the scenes how anxious you are, yeah. how tired you are, how depressed you can get, yeah. how, how, you know, I know all those things. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah. I think I get more overwhelmed than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I do feel, de- I, I feel depressed when I'm tired, but I don't think I'm really depressed. Right. Because I've been depressed, so I don't feel depressed. But I, when I get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. it's like, and I, I mean, that feels like a heaviness right. of like, I just, I have so much to do. I don't even know where to start. And I don't like being in that place. And, um, you know, as I approach my 60th trip around the sun, <laughs> I've been I've been talking with my sister a lot because I am so busy. She's younger than you, right? A little bit younger yeah, than me, yeah. Younger, yeah. Well, four years, it's yeah. a lot younger. <laughs> but, you know, I, I need to, I need to figure out for me, and and I know that I've, I've, I've done a pretty good job of it. I've gotten better at, at prioritizing the things that are important for me to do for me, like going to my yoga and those kind of things. But in this last month, all that's gone to hell. Right. Because I've just been too busy. So, again, as I approach, you know, my birthday and thinking about my life, and 60 seems kind of significant, mm-hmm. you know. I know. Believe me, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, in some days... You know, as I get closer to that day, it's like I'm I'm happy and grateful that I'm 60 and I've made it this far. But I also feel almost stressed that, God, more than half my life's over and there's all these things I still want to do. And, blah, 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 you know, and right. how am I going to do it all? And I need to make time. And, right. you know, I don't want to spend all my time just running around doing things that are busybody things I want to spend the time and I know that we've talked about this on the podcast too how do we how do we have time to sit down and write your book yeah and and you know do your recipe book or the things that that the creative things that we want to do and I really want to try to I mean if I have to schedule it in a calendar yeah I need to do that. Well, that's that's the and word that I was going to say is intentional. We yeah. have to be intentional about it. Yeah. You know, these last couple of weeks, of I, as I have not been able to get off the couch for most of the time, because I have to keep my feet elevated, so I can't even sit in my she shed and sew yeah, or, you're, yeah. or paint or anything like that. I don't know how you did the food for me. <sighs> Girl, I, I did sit a lot. I girl, did, girl, I, girl. I, I was able to, and I would. I sat one kitchen chair out, and then I just stretched my legs out, and then sat at the table and cut up celery and carrots, or you know whatever. And um, so yeah, I I did manage to do that, but I I can't sit for hours, you know, in my she shed no. sewing or painting or anything like that. So I've actually sat on the couch and I've I've crocheted. I've, you know, I've learned some new stitches, which has been kind of fun. But now I'm like, well, I started this project. And now as I've gotten into it, I'm like, this is going to take too long. That's why I like to sew is because I can choose things that are fairly simple, like Mm -hmm. a simple pattern. Because if I can finish it in two days, I I don't, I don't become bored with it. Yeah. You're like me. You want kind of like instant gratification. (laughs) That's why I like to paint yeah that's why i mean i can paint the bathroom in a couple hours and i have a whole new bathroom right boom right and it's new and and it's like oh and when john leaves and he goes out of town i have all these little projects oh my gosh i I do that so much when my husband goes out of town i mean you know he leaves and it's like okay what can i get done here that he won't even notice but i will (laughs) 
Right. You know? Right. So I do have a couple. Of, he's gone right now. He's, okay. he's just gone till tomorrow. Okay. So I have I have one little thing that I'm going to do. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. Tom's going out of town in a week and a half, and I think that hopefully my feet will be in a pretty good spot so that I can do a couple of things because yeah. I also have a couple of yeah. ideas. Yeah, there's yeah. things I like to clean out and stuff when he's gone. <laughs> I know, and throw out. Uh-huh. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's nothing important. I would never throw away anything of his that I thought was important. Ever, ever, right. ever. People right. need to know that. Right. But there are things that I could do that, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it wasn't too long ago that I threw away all of my old love notes from previous boyfriends and stuff. Oh. And it was just because they were my memories. They're not... They're not my kids, they're not my children's memories. They're not memories of me and my husband, so my children's father. It's not, you know. So now I'm not going to throw away things that my husband has given me because my children might want to look at those at some point and see mom and dad before they were born or mom and dad when they were little or whatever. When they were lovers. (laughs) (laughs) All those questionable greeting cards. All those hot letters. (laughs) And those might be interesting to them at they some might. point down the road. My they mom, might. although when I think about it, my mom thinks those things are interesting between her and my dad, and really they're not. So. <laughs> but um, oh, so, funny. but I, you know, I, I have thrown away. I threw away all those love letters from mm-hmm. previous boyfriends. Good for you. Because it, it was I haven't my, done that. it was my memory, yeah. and I still have those memories. And I don't need to save, you know, the actual. Yeah. It's not. If one of my ex-boyfriends had grown up to be president of the United States or some famous singer or something, I might have saved one or two. Saved one or two, yeah. just to say, yeah, I I knew him. I yeah. kissed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, I do have one. I do have one that I wouldn't call him a boyfriend. He was a guy I went out with a few times, and he he actually grew up to be quite um, popular and famous and mm-hmm. within his circle. Okay. Within his circle, and so I think I think you showed yeah. me a picture. Yeah, before. and he's he's actually he's actually kind of, but he, you know, the fact that I went out with him a few times is not going to impress right. too many people. It it'll impress some yeah. in some circles, but <laughs> yeah. not too many. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't even I don't even know if I had any letters from him to tell you the truth. But uh, anyway, well, it seems anyway. like if you did, you would know where they were. Well, they're in a landfill somewhere yeah, at, yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point. Oh, funny. So yeah, it's um, yeah. It, we have to. We we really have to be intentional, Deb. Yeah. So you're gonna turn sixty in a couple of weeks. I am. I know you have some anxiety just around the physical uh, plans because I think that your husband's planning something. I think he is, and, and I don't exactly <laughs> know, and um, and I know that there's been. I have this other friend whose son is getting married, and there was issue around she was going to be extremely upset if somehow I had to miss that wedding because of my party (laughs) or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. So we made sure, and I had to assure her that I'll be at the wedding. Um, So there's just been, there's just been, yeah, a a lot of interesting little things. Um, I've had lots of gigs have we been on here since my daughter and my gig? Did we do a podcast since she and I? You did know, our... I think that we did. Did we? I think okay. we did talk about that. Okay. It was so, so, so that... yeah, and I wasn't able to go to that. But that was fun. But that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and then I just did a gig 
last Sunday with my friend Leslie, who has a number one contemporary blues album. Like it's wow. it's on it's number one on the contemporary blues charts. Wow, she's just killing it. And That's so awesome. we had a big uh, CD thing at Fulton Fifty Five. That was a whole lot of fun. And what's her name? Let's promote that. Miss Bix. Miss Bix. Miss Bix. Okay. Her, Leslie Bixler. Miss Bix. Okay. And um, so. Very happy for her. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And then coming up in a couple of weeks, there's another thing at Fulton 55. My friend Vince is doing this big gig for to celebrate the music of Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. Yeah. And so there's a big gig then. I tell you, sometimes I just feel gigged out, you know? It's right. like I have to just focus on all it. Finally today, Leslie's music is kind of not in my head so much. Okay. But, you know, when you're concentrating on... 12 songs for two weeks and right. it's all you listen to because you got to learn them. It's like I have earworms of Leslie's songs, but they're good songs. So that's a good thing. Right. It's not like getting an earworm of something that you hate. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the same thing when you do a show. It's yeah. like, you it's know, you work, all, your, you work your butt your off trying to get all these lines memorized. Yeah. And, you know, even then it's, you know, there's, you're there's running it's lines. hardly ever perfection, but you're running them 24 hours yeah. a day yeah. because you want them to be as close to perfection that as you can possibly get. That drives me crazy. And then when the show's over, it, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's gone. So, so yeah, new shop, new decade, um, you know, yeah. how, how, how are we going to spend these last four decades? I, my grandma yesterday, who's 103, asked right. me, honey, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, grandma, I want to guarantee that I'm going to live as long as you. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So. A hundred years old. Yeah, she's 103. Yeah, that's... my sister and I took her to the eye doctor. Oh, my gosh. And uh, she's got macular degeneration. Uh-huh. One of her eyes is pretty shot. But but the other eye is good enough that she can still read on her Kindle and stuff. And she's a she loves to read. Mm-hmm. She, she reads constantly. She can't really watch TV anymore. But I think I actually think if she had a little laptop thing... She probably could watch a show like this, mm-hmm. but she can't see it far away, mm-hmm. you know, so her TV doesn't really do her any good. But I think she would enjoy watching old programs, you Maybe know. Maybe you could get her an so iPad. My sister or and I a, were um, talking about that yesterday. How could we do that? Yeah, but, you could get her a, a tablet and, mm-hmm. and a few apps so that she could write. She could, she could watch some old I mean, she can figure out Zoom, so mm-hmm. she can figure out Zoom. She can figure out how to you know, watch something on a tablet, I feel. That's so awesome. So, but yeah, so we took her to the doctor and, you know, she's just a trooper. They had to give her, they have to give her these shots in her eye. Well, I can't watch that. No. I can't even think about it. It no. just, ugh. But she's just, well, I can't really feel it. It's, I don't know what he's doing it. They put numbing drops in there. Yeah, yeah. They numb you with drops. Then they numb her again with a needle. Yeah. And then they do the the shot. Yeah. And it's they put lutein in her eye. I think that's how you say it. And it's um it's a you can take lutein in a pill form for your eye support. It's a it's a mineral or a something something. Yeah yeah yeah. I've never so, even heard of that. Yeah. So they shoot her up with lutein, and it helps her eye to stay as healthy as it can stay. 
Yeah. She's 103, so something should be going wrong. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So if it's just her eyes, right. then that's that's minor. I mean, because she, like you said, she can still read and yeah. she can still see things close up. Yeah. Yeah, so. my grandfather was the same way. He had one good-ish eye. He was legally blind, but okay. he had one one good eye. Good eye. And he kind of read from yeah. the side, his little <laughs> side, uh, side eye all the time. That was awesome. So what is going on in the world that... Uh, that have have you watched anything in the world? Have you has anything <laughs> tugged at your heart? Um, well, I think if anything that has been concerning, obviously still this war that's happening. But I then I heard that there was who's the doctor? I believe her name is Deborah, and she was on Deborah Bra- uh, mm-hmm. Burks. Burks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was now she doesn't know, but she was suggesting that there could. Again, be some other COVID outbreak in the summer. Did you hear that? I did. So that that makes me just think, Ugh. you know, we here we've started our choir back, mm-hmm. and it seems like things are kind of starting. And I think now we're all going to be like, okay, when's it coming? Y- yeah. You know, we're all going to be hyper vigilant to. Yeah. But I guess it could happen, and so we just at least we'll be prepared. Maybe I think in the beginning of the pandemic, the hope was that um, the the coronavirus was going to be kind of like the measles or the mumps or something. It was going to be a right. a virus, yeah. you know. Um, they didn't know how much it would mutate or if it would mutate right. or what that kind of looked like. Right. Um, and of course, it has turned out to be more like a flu virus, and it, it mutates constantly. And it constantly mutates. I mean, mutates very, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it it it's very possible that we'll have to get a COVID vaccine every single winter, like we do a flu vaccine. Right. And we can, of course, choose not to. Um, but that will put us probably at more risk. And right. so it does feel like it's going to be living with us for a while. And mm-hmm. I, for one, just want to continue to pr- protect myself and protect my loved ones yeah. and perfect strangers yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. I, I mean, still, I see a lot of people who mask up when they go into public spaces, grocery stores mm-hmm. and restaurants and things. There's lots of people who, who stay masked. Yeah. I'm about half and half. Seems like it, it. I don't know what what that is. It's because um, I've been vaccinated and all, so I don't necessarily feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Now, if I felt like I had any kind of symptom, of course, I would, I mask would up. mask up and maybe not even go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had anything like that, you know. Knock on wood, but mm-hmm. I do. I do think that, you know, as I mean, we're coming into the hot months, um, but all, pretty much all winter. I wore my mask. Yeah. I think now that it's warming up, I haven't been as much. Well, I don't I, I, I don't wear it in the grocery store when I go grocery shopping unless I'm going grocery shopping at 9 o'clock on a Sunday night because that does seem like the busiest time at a grocery store. Yeah. Um, I, I do wear them when I am going into a place like a train station or a bus station mm-hmm. or I haven't flown at all but if I fly I will definitely wear it mm-hmm. um, I, I I feel like it's it's gonna be part of my life for yeah for the foreseeable future yeah, especially when I'm around a lot of people me too um, in order to protect myself and to protect others yes yeah, I, I but there's agree. a lot of places I'm not wearing it and 
you know, it's a it's a risk. You you evaluate the risk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What about you? Is there anything in the news that's well, been you know, you know what's good just, or bad? Or... Well, what's kind of just sort of tugging at my heart right now is that this football coach, and the Supreme Court is looking at whether or not he can legally oh, yeah. pray on the fifty yeah. yard line at his high school. Right. And and the thing is, it's because a lot of the players have begun to join him mm-hmm. in prayer. And so the the question is, do they feel coerced? Do they feel like they're not, um, like, you know, kind of bullied, if you will, by the other teammates or something into joining him? Mm-hmm. And that's where kind of this, mm-hmm. you know, this line kind of is. But it's just really kind of tugged at my heart because it wasn't but just a couple of years ago that we saw a football player be demeaned Mm -hmm. because he knelt on the instead of you know pledging allegiance to the flag or instead of you know during the national anthem um and so he knelt on the football field privately he didn't bully anybody he didn't ask for anybody to join him and yet the then president of the united states said fire him right you know let's not let's boycott football and yet you have this football coach who's praying on the 50 yard line right. and of course that's a whole different thing because you have all these christians that were against the football player who knelt during the national anthem right but are for the football coach who prays on the field and all I want to say is this, free speech is free speech, period. Yeah. And that is one of the foundational things about this country. And after having foot surgery, listen, I get what a good foundation means, mm-hmm. you know, and how important it is to have a solid foundation on which your body, your church, your city, your, your country is founded yeah. mm-hmm. and built. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be a firm foundation. Yeah, yeah. And free speech is a, a, a very important brick in our foundation. And so, um, you know, whether it's Colin Kaepernick or whether it's his football coach, they have the right to free speech. And so I want to say that. I also yeah. want to say if you're somebody who is okay with a football coach praying on the field, but you wouldn't be okay with a Muslim, you know, bringing out a prayer shawl and laying it out and praying on the field then that is your issue. That yeah. You've got a problem with yeah. free speech because yeah. the Muslim who prays on the football field has, is, the, same has right. the same right. Has the same exact... Has the same right under our Constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said this before, but I really want to say it again. As a somebody who grew up as a Christian and understands the Bible better than most, mm-hmm. um the, the Bible is very clear about um, idols mm-hmm. and about symbols. Yeah, very clear. Very mm-hmm. clear. And about the dangers of mm-hmm. idols and symbols. Mm-hmm. And America has turned our flag into an idol, period. Yep. I mean, under every definition, it has been turned into an idol. And it is just a symbol, a symbol of what is supposed to be. Right. So how ironic is it that you're mad at a football player who kneels when this symbol is being, you know, worshipped, right. if you will. Right. And yet it's that very flag that symbolizes his freedom it's, to kneel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a strange little catch there. It's a strange little catch. Mm-hmm. And I have been to many, many, many churches in Europe, 
in Africa. And guess what? I never once saw an American flag on their pulpit or on their stage. And I can't even remember a, a, a country of origin flag up on their stages. Mm -hmm. It is only in America that we have a flag that we put a flag, an American flag up on the pulpit of a church. Yeah, it's I every time I would ever go in to sing anywhere, which I used to do all the time. Yeah. And I would all, I would see that pretty much everywhere. Yeah. There was always a flag, always a flag. And it's like, huh, that's just interesting. Or the flag draped around the cross. Yeah, I've seen that you know? too. And I had a friend um, who told me that she didn't think anything of it because she grew up here in America. And, you know, when we were in our little Christian uh, schools or our Christian groups, mm -hmm. we did the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag right. and the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. Right. And we did, you know, we sang Onward Christian Soldiers. Right. And, you know, so right. we did all, it was, and it was so much a part of us growing up. Yeah. And so you kind of don't think anything of it. No. Until she had a friend from Canada come to church and sit there with her and saw the American flag draped around the cross and said, do you guys think that Jesus died just for Americans? And and she went, she went, oh my God, yeah. I don't think that, but I I do think that the church thinks that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't see the United States in the Bible anywhere. I know, you know, <laughs> no. I have no reason to believe it's still gonna be here, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and so this and and Putin, now this terrible war in Ukraine, it's Putin is absolutely a Christian nationalist. Mm -hmm. And he is presenting um, to his people the fact that, you know, of course, he's printing a whole he's presenting yeah. a whole other narrative yeah, yeah, as yeah. to what's going on. Yeah. He, he's not telling them the truth about what's going on. No. But. What he does say is that there are forces out there that are trying to take away our country, right. that are trying to take away our way of life, and we are going to defend our country. Does that sound familiar? It certainly does. It certainly does. And Putin is a white Christian nationalist. Mm -hmm. He is. Mm -hmm. He professes to be a Christian. He talks about his faith. Mm -hmm. I've heard him. I've heard, I know. Yeah. And look at our leaders, you know, especially our previous Leader. president. I mean, white Christian nationalism is so prevalent in our country, in our world, in actually. Our world. Yeah. And it, it and it it really concerns me, and I just really want people to just wake up to the amazing gift that is America mm -hmm. and the freedoms. And, to and, the, and the diversity. And the diversity. And to respect mm -hmm. that diversity and, and, and the freedoms to be diverse. Yeah, and the, and the ability, because of our diversity, to learn about other people and other cultures and to be filled with information and knowledge and, yeah. And compassion and, and com empathy yeah. and all of, those things, all of those things are right at our fingertips. But we have to open up our hearts to receive those things. And protecting ourselves in some sort of a little bubble um, really closes the door on mm -hmm. our learning new and interesting and amazing truths about other people, about the world, mm -hmm. about God. Yeah. 
I think now that <clears throat> our shop is open and the doors are open and I can breathe a little bit, I'll be able to get back to some of some of my time spent listening to the news and not that that's and listening <laughs> listening to to our friend Paul, oh, our friend Paul and yeah. and all of those things that are so important yeah. that I've sort of not ignored but had to kind of push aside for a few weeks. Of so. course. And and listen, I'm not saying that well, that listening to the news makes well, you no. a good person well, or a better I, person. But it, but it makes but when I don't, I feel a little bit isolated. Yeah. Like, okay, what's going has anything happened that I should know about? Like, you know, I don't like feeling that way. Right. Or even pray about or yeah. Yeah. meditate about yeah. or yeah. um, you know, read more about so that we're not naive. I just I just saw the other day that the book about Ruby Ruby Bridges, right? Is that mm-hmm. the young girl who mm-hmm. um fought to get you know, to have desegregation in yeah. the schools? Um, you know, she herself wrote her own book about her experience. And under CRT, which is critical race theory, that book is one of the books that's been pulled from libraries. From, from, yeah. You know? And why? And and the reason is, is because it sheds an un an unflattering light on whites. Yeah. You know, I think this is a good place to stop and yeah, we should continue we'll this because I had a wonderful experience going to the civil rights, the National Civil Rights Museum a few weeks ago awesome. when we were in Memphis. Awesome. And so I think that this would be a great topic to, to keep going on next time. Awesome. That would be great. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Because, listen, my heart mm-hmm. just, I, I desire so badly for us to... Um, Acknowledge that just like our podcast, yeah. we dance with skeletons. Yeah. I I desire for America to acknowledge the sins of our past, yeah. so that we can move dance forward. with our skeletons and learn from them, mm-hmm. and be a, a dancing country. Yeah, yeah. Let's dance, people. Let's dance with those skeletons. Yeah. Well, All it's right. Been, it's been good to be back, Liz. It's and, great to be um, back. I'm thankful to be back. Thank you so, so much. Um, yeah. We both had a busy month, so. We did. So we'll be back to it, people. So um, we love you. Yeah, and we hope to see you next time. Awesome. Bye.